All right, hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District. A little bit of a scheduling conflict again, but we are back. Tristan here along with Jacob, and Jacob's going to go ahead and tell you guys what we're going to get into. Yeah, so into the NFL, we're on the divisional round is finished up, so I'm going to be talking about that as well as the upcoming conference championships for the commanders. Um, some more news in terms of the offensive coordinator as well as the selling of the team. Um, going on into hockey, just going to be talking about how our teams have been playing recently, and then I do not believe there's any news in baseball. I believe you're correct. Uh, let's start off just talking about the commanders, as that's going to be less of a news-heavy segment going, I guess would be the proper way to say it. Uh, but go ahead, and I know they were talking, there was a sale about eBay. They had it listed at $6.8 for the team, and no... No one put a bid down on it. I've heard they've gotten a few bids around there. Um, I um, News just released today that um, Jeff Bezos may sell the Washington Post in order to buy the Washington Commanders. So I think that's the most likely route things are going to go. Um, in terms of the offensive coordinator, we've been apparently interviewing a lot of guys like the Dolphins running back coach, Eric Studsville. But the biggest concern about it is that a lot of candidates may be a little turned off because of the unproven quarterback and the situation with obviously the new owner. And unless Rivera puts in a playoff run this year, then he's going to be gone. So I think that's going to weigh heavily on whoever fills that job. Do you think they'll change the name again if it when it sells? I want them to, um, and I think it's likely because I think the next owner is going to try and get rid of the whole Dan Snyder stink, and that's part of it, frankly, because a lot of legends and a lot of fans have really criticized it. People like John Riggins have said they hated the name. They have really didn't like it, and a few others came out and said they didn't like it. So I personally would like to see a new name change because I just think it would will finally get put past get past that whole Dan Snyder thing, and then we could finally start to make some progress forward. If just Jeff Bezos buys the team, how much money are we putting down that it becomes the Washington boxes? <laughs> Washington packages. If that happens, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot up in the air with the whole selling the team thing. Also, with the stadium needing to be built is... There, yeah. Is that on the new owner? Is Dan Snyder going to be on the new owner? Like... And I think um, if we were to get a new owner, then RFK, that site, will open back up because I think the city of D.C., first it was the name. Then they moved it towards the whole allegations. And I, um, this won't happen, but say Dan Snyder um, stays as um, the leader somehow. They're not going to move into D.C. because unless there's a change, they're not going to be going back into D.C. So once there's a new owner, I think talks will begin to open again because the RFK site is government property, so they would need to be given permission to work on that. And if we were to get a new owner like Bezos, who's very friendly with that government, then I think I think it'll the whole process will start. It'll probably take like three to four years because you have to think you have to first – 
You have to destroy RFK. You have to completely destroy that, which it's going to be a sad day for a lot of Washington fans because there's some great memories. But And then you have to start to the design process. You have to bring in architects, engineers. Then you have to start the design process. So it'd probably be a good four years, I'd say, that whole process. And I think it, it, it'd be just in time for the lease on FedEx to be up. And I did hear rumor about FedEx that it could possibly be turned into a state-of-the-art like practice facility. So they may still use it. I just don't think it'll be used as their main stadium in five years. Uh, and I mean, with the new designs, I mean, you're seeing nice stadiums be built like SoFi, Allegiant, uh, NRG up in Minnesota. So the only I mean, you're seeing is that um, the site isn't going to be as big as those. So what they're going to have to do is. They're not to work with a smaller site, but make, give fans a reason to go to that stadium. So if Amazon's involved, then I think it'll be a very technologically advanced stadium for a smaller size. So it won't be like a Jerry's World size or a SoFi size, but I think they're going to try and cram as much stuff as they can into that small space. Like the stadium be probably around the same size as RFK. So... That's really all that's going on in Washington with that whole thing. Uh, going on to the playoffs, obviously, since we missed a week, we missed Wild Card Weekend, uh, but the Eagles did not play. But a couple big things did happen. Obviously, Jaguars come back down from 27-0. Uh, Doug Peterson leads them through that. Trevor Lawrence goes from four picks in the first half to four touchdowns in the second half to lead them to the win, along with a game-winning field goal, which was insane. And did you see what Joey Bosa said to the media where he was yeah we we actually talked about this on our youtube when we did our predictions so go check that out but basically from what i understand from what you said is that um he thinks that the refs are a little biased against him because he's so big and so strong and he thinks that the refs are kind of yeah he's like he's like yeah you know we have to respect them we have to respect them but if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season then they probably just go in the back and like, haha, we got him. But if I say something wrong to him, then I get a $40,000 fine. He was dropping F-bombs left and right. He was not happy. He was very angry. I believe he en- he got ejected from that game. So he, uh, there was good reason for him to be mad. But uh, I'm interested to see if he gets disciplined by whether it's the league, the team, something. Because he came out. It's not often you see a player just go at the refs like that completely so i'm really interested to see that what's going to happen with him uh obviously a really good player but still got a big name attached to him so yeah you kind of got to behave yourself there even Uh, with like questionable like refing decisions like the terry mclaurin thing when he asked the ref if he's good he said yes but still got the penalty called even mclaurin he said that he thought it was a bad call but he didn't go as far as bosa did which i think is interesting uh, and then I'd say the other big headline that I think we is the only other big one that we really need to talk about is Dallas ends Tampa season, which looks like it could potentially end Tom Brady's time in Tampa. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes this offseason. Him and Aaron Rodgers are both in the boat of deciding if they still want to play. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers has been thinking about it. He's going off for a while by himself to just kind of chill and uh, if you watch the Pat McAfee show, he said he's going to be watching whales out in the Pacific. So uh, he's kind of just chilling right now, just seeing how he feels not playing football for a while. 
And then Tom Brady, I mean, he's he's got spots like the Jets could be going back to New England, uh, Las Vegas, San Fran. Yeah, a I lot think of Las Vegas is the most likely spot. Um, depending on what happens with San Fran, I could see that too. But considering what ha- what's happening with Brock Purdy, I'm not entirely sure anymore. I, I know Brady was he's a 49ers fan growing up, and that's one of the reasons he'd possibly want to go there. But I don't think Brady's done. Um, he will be playing next season. It's just a matter of for who. I don't think he's done either. I think he's going to play again. I mean, there's still a chance he goes back to Tampa. I, I think he likes it there. But uh, mm. I think Tampa's kind of at the point where they're kind of ready to move on. He's yeah, that, He didn't play great whole, this season. The whole Bruce Arians thing, they just fired By- Byron Leftwich. I think that I think it's done there. Uh, I think Vegas is a good landing spot for him. you got to remember, though, he his family is still on the East Coast, which might play a factor in his decision on where to go uh because i mean he's at that point where like when he was going through the divorce tampa was so understanding about everything if he needed to go off to you know do whatever the team let him go he needed to go up north to go see his family or whatever they let him go they they were really understanding about his whole situation so uh i know tampa has a very high respect for him obviously greatest quarterback of all time any team's gonna have a high respect for him but I think Las Vegas would be a really good landing spot for him because they have talent out there. They have Devontae Adams. They have Josh Jacobs. They have Hunter Renfro. Like, they have some good receivers out there, some good running backs. It's And Darren Waller. I think that'd be a good landing spot for him because at his age, all he wants to do is win. He doesn't really care yeah. about the money anymore. He just wants to get another ring. So uh, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But they get smoked by the Cowboys, who leading into the divisional come back out and get smoked by the 49ers. I wouldn't really say yeah. smoked, but they laid an egg. Um, their, their defense played great, but the 49ers defense just played better. Simple as that. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was a good game. I expected it to be a decent game. Brock Purdy played decent under, uh, the pressure that he was at, yeah, but he did what he needed to do in the situations he needed to. I'll tell you what, I'm feeling a lot more confident Obviously, Eagles beat the Giants. I'm feeling a lot more confident about this game, seeing that when you have a top-five defense and you can shut down some of their weapons, Brock Purdy isn't the same guy that he is playing not great defenses. So it gives me a little more confidence. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point, but on the other hand, you will have to deal with their defense, and it's shown that it can not only get turnovers, but it can shut down the run. It can shut down the pass. So that's another thing that I think you need to look forward look for um i will say i'm not as confident as i am as i was in the 49ers i i think it'll be a close game regardless of which way it goes because i just don't see either team getting blown out because i just think the eagles have too good of a roster to just lay an egg and i think the 49ers have too good of a roster as well and like they've obviously been there before this is their third nfc championship they've been to in the last four years which is something that you need to take into account and Kyle Shanahan has proved that he's been there before he's done it. So, yeah, I, I see this being a very close game. When was their third? Um, remember oh, they, they went last year. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, made it last year. No, this year. I was trying to think of who they who what it was last year. But, yeah, I think either way it's going to be a good game. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Eagles came out, torched the, torched the Giants, made the Giants look yeah. a little – 
a little rough out there. They definitely did not look like a playoff team when uh, no. the Eagles went out and played them. Kenny Gainwell with 112 yards rushing. Uh, Miles Sanders with another 90 himself. They ran all over them. They couldn't do anything to stop them. Their pass game was also super big. Uh, Devontae Smith led with 68 yards receiving. but 61. 61? I knew it was in the 60s. Uh, but they overall, they really hit all all the cylinders really well. So they looked like a complete team, which is something that they're going to need to do against the 49ers. And this is what I said they need to do against the Giants. They got to a point where they shut down the Giants run so quickly because they got down. The Giants got down 14, nothing after the first two drives, which really takes away the run game. game. So if you have to, you got to force the other team to pass. And if the Eagles can do that and not be on that end of being forced to pass, I think it'll be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game overall. These are easily the most two complete rosters in the NFL, even over the chiefs and the Bengals. Bengals obviously have a, terrible offensive line ton of injuries up there yeah chiefs defense is a bend don't break defense not very good so these are easily the two most complete rosters it's going to be a really fun game to watch that's for sure uh but nfc championship next weekend it's going to be a good one yeah um i will say you guys did a very good job against the giants i thought it'd be a little closer but like you said they got out 14 points and that's what you need to do with a team like that force them to really try and move into a high scoring offense which they're not um so you did a great job of that you didn't pass a lot but when you did you got the yards you needed um Devontae smith he averaged 10 10 yards a catch dallas goddard 11.6 aj brown 7.3 so th- those are good numbers. You obviously were able to run the ball extremely well. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, 112 yards, averaging 9.3. Miles Sanders, 90 on 5.3. Jalen Hurts, 34 on nine carries. Boston Scott, six carries, 32 yards. And a 5. touchdown. Mm-hmm. You can't forget Boston Scott's touchdown. He's the giant yep. killer. So <laughs> you've shown again that you're – that your offense is very versatile and you've shown that your defense is good enough to hold up against pro clubs. You know what? This is something that not many people watch because obviously when you're a typical fan, you're watching for the passes, the running, the big plays. But I'll tell you what, if you really watch football, this is going to be a good line game, like good trenches game because the Eagles and the 49ers both have top three mm-hmm. offensive lines in the league and top three defensive lines in the league. Eagles obviously finished with four four players over 10 sacks this season, first team to do in NFL history. 75 total sacks, including that last Giants game that they just played in the playoffs. Uh, they had 70 in the regular season. So it's going to be a game of, you know, who can get to the quarterback quicker and make him uncomfortable, which is where yeah. I think I – think the Eagles have a slight edge in two spots, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's the ability that they – I think they can rattle Brock Purdy quicker than I think Jalen Hurts will get rattled. Obviously, Jalen Hurts has been in the league longer. He's had a little bit more experience. He had I a really – due to mobility. He, yeah, he also has that yeah. mobility. The 49ers have, haven't faced a running quarterback yet, so I'm interested to see how they work with trying to contain him because – Trying to contain a quarterback and just collapsing the pocket are two totally different things. Yeah. So that collapsing that's a whole pocket isn't always the best idea. Yeah, that's a whole 
another part of the game to it. So I think that's a slight advantage. And also, I think another big piece of it is I like the Eagles receivers against the 49ers secondary a little bit more than I like the San Fran wide receivers against the Eagles secondary. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The 49ers have a really good receiving core. Debo, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. George Kittle, even Jawan Jennings comes up at big every once in a while. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell will probably have really big receiving games. Yeah, they don't have the fastest linebackers. Once you finish, I'm going to go more into that, but I think that's going to be your biggest problem. But, uh, going on into what you said about the wide receivers, I can see that, but, I mean, it, we, it, it's been shown that players like McLaurin have been able to beat Darius Slay, so it's not like they're invincible, but I will agree that they have a better secondary. I, I think that's – and that's what I'm saying is, like, the Eagles just looking at it as a whole, I think their secondary yeah. is slightly better than the 49ers secondary. They're 40, the secondary for the 49ers – has a couple holes in it. Nothing nothing to yeah. scoff at, you know. They're still a really good team defensively, top defense in the league by far, but mm-hmm. they definitely have some holes that if they can expose, then they're going to make the, the Eagles can definitely work with that and potentially win the game off of that. Yeah, and think, like you said, the linebackers also playing a big role cuz Christian yeah, McCaffrey's a li- quick speedster. Yeah, I think the linebackers of the 49ers are going to be able to help with the mobile quarterback thing, and I think that's the biggest hole in your defense is the linebackers. If um, if the 49ers are able to get over the middle, if I think Kittle could be a very big problem for you guys because um, he's one of the best tight ends in the league, and who would be on him as a tight end? So I think that's going to be a problem if the 49ers are able to get through that initial um, line, defensive line, then I could see some problems because I just don't think you have the linebackers that the 49ers do. And I think I trust the coaching staff, the 49ers, a little bit more than I trust the Eagles coaching staff. Now, so that, that I will agree. Jonathan Gannon has a tendency to kind of sit back in a shell coverage, which that scares yeah. me a little bit that he might not call the best game. Uh, Shane Steichen and... Nick Sirianni, I don't know exactly who calls what plays there, but obviously yeah. they've been working well. But first off, I don't think the Eagles linebackers get enough respect. Don't get me wrong, they're not your household names. You yeah. probably can't even name the two Eagles linebackers right now. Nope. Exactly. So they're not household names, but they are good linebackers. They're solid linebackers. Kaiser White will probably do more of the pass coverage as when he was at West Virginia, he was a safety. So he's got a little bit more speed to him. TJ Edwards is a downhill runner, but I'll tell you what, you compare him to Fred Warner and I believe it's Drake Greenlaw. They are no match. I Those are easily the two best linebackers in the league. So it, comparing them to the 49er, line, 49ers linebackers, there's no shot the Eagles even come close with their linebacking core, but overall the Eagles do have solid linebackers. So it's going to be a good game. Uh, I believe Sirianni is a really good coach from what we've seen over the past couple of seasons, uh, but I'm excited. I am a little bit nervous right now. Eagles are favored to win the game by two and a half. So there's a, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I. But overall it's going to be a close one. I, I'm excited for it. That's for sure. Uh, do you, who do you have coming from the AFC? We'll just talk about that real quick because that's obviously. Um, I have the Bengals. Um, because I just think they look so good against the the Bills. They were able to shut it down. They were able to just impose their will on the on a Bills team that 
you thought were going to be playing better because they're in Buffalo. It's snowing, but Joe Burrow. Tamar Hamlin came back. Yeah, but Joe Burrow was still just able to throw the ball all over the Bills when he needed to. Have you seen that video of him in warmups where he throws it and spins around? That mm-hmm. that might be if that ball was a dot, which you can't see because he steps in front of it, so you can't see. But if that ball was a dot, that might be one of the nastiest videos on the internet. Yeah, and I think like one reason I said um, the. Bengals is because Mahomes' ankle. I know yeah, he was still able to play good against the Jags, but it was still a close game. And against the Bengals, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to play out because the Bengals are going to see that. And it's not the nicest tactic in the world, but they're going to look at that as a possible weakness. They're going to want to get, get him moving. And I think that could play a factor. The Bengals also have a sneaky good pass rush. Sam yeah. Hubbard and Trey Hendricks Hendrickson are both really good pass rushers. Uh, and then obviously Mahomes, him having the mobility is what makes him such a dangerous quarterback. Don't get me wrong, his arm strength and playmaking ability are huge, but the fact that it he can, can get him in trouble. Yeah. He gets out of the pocket and he starts playing that backyard style football. That's what helps them win. So him they're probably gonna shoot his ankle up with so many numbing agents and medicine and anything that they can do to uh, make sure he doesn't feel pain during that game to keep him off. But the Bengals do look really good. I believe they might have the best receiving core in the league. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. That I'm not sure there's many teams that could really line up across from that and stop them. So it, it is, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I want to see the Chiefs win. I don't really have. I don't really care who wins. Uh, it's gonna be. Um, it's I gonna be a good game. Prefer the Bengals, but I, I really don't care all that much. Yeah, I, I don't really care. I want to. I just want to see a good game. Uh, that's all I. That's all I've really thought about this past these past couple of weeks is just give me good games. Uh, because with the Eagles mm-hmm. going, I'm like I don't care who they play. I just want them to win. So. Uh, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Um, with Mahomes' ankle, is it his right ankle, or is it his left? I believe it's his right. Okay, so then, like, when he drops back, he's going to be on that the entire game. So, and ankle injuries, especially for a quarterback when you're using that to plan and all that stuff, that's not going to go away, it, whether yeah. it's your plant foot or your drop foot. So You saw it, even if, uh, did you watch the game? Yeah. Did you see when he threw the screen and was trying to favor that other leg because he couldn't put his entire weight yeah. on it? Yeah, that's not good, and that's not going to go away because ankle injuries just—they don't really go away like that unless you have the proper time to heal it. And he doesn't, and he's going to be on his feet the entire game. And if he wants to win, he's going to have to move around the pocket. And one thing, one reason I chose the Bengals over the Chiefs—I trust the Bengals' defense a little more than I trust the Chiefs, um, because I mean, I know we got cooked last season, but Eli Apple was having a good game against Stephon Diggs, so credit to him so that's another reason why i i chose the Bengals. it's a good football week that is for sure Mm -hmm. uh going is there anything else in the nfl you wanted to add that's all i got um that's all i really have is we're coming up on a close the nfl season it's it's getting i'm gonna i'm missing it i was saying earlier i wanted to come home and just watch football but why don't i have football first uh, First time in a while on a Monday night we haven't had football. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
yeah, it's, I'm definitely, we have three weeks, three more weeks to enjoy it, and then it's gone for eight months. Yeah. It's going to be rough. I mean, some interesting things are going to be able to keep me over for a little bit, like, free agency thing. The the owners, yeah. Yeah, but once you get to, like, early, like, summer, I think that's when you really start to miss it. The, uh, and the coaching hires. Yeah. I want to see where D'Amico Ryans goes if he goes anywhere. Because I heard he might want to stay in San Fran for another year. So, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be interested to see where he goes. But with that, that's going to close it out for football. We're going to finish up here with hockey. Um, and the Flyers had righted the ship for a little bit. They had won seven of their last eight. They got back to 500. They beat the Caps twice in a home-to-home. Uh, they got ends. Travis Konechny had a hat trick in one game. He he ended up losing a 10-game point streak and a streak of eight games having at least two points. But uh, they look decent, and now they're kind of just stuck in limbo. Uh, yeah. they've, they've been losing one, winning one, losing one, winning one constantly. I actually think uh, – I will have to double-check this real quick. But I actually think they went – they might have lost their first two games back to back for the first time these past two nights. But uh I mean they're they're kind of stuck in limbo. They're not far out of a playoff spot. And I'm pretty sure in that in the locker room, you know, they're thinking we're not too far off. We could potentially we could potentially make a playoff spot here and they're they're gonna be going for that. So I I think that's kind of starting to work their way into their minds that they might have a chance at getting into a playoff spot and maybe trying to make a run in the playoffs, even if it's not much. I mean, that's all I can, all I can hope for. On to the Caps, we've kind of leveled out from that great run we've had. Um, what Ovi wasn't, he, he was going through something. He didn't play against the Golden Knights, and we just forgot what to do. Um we are still fourth in the Metro, but we're four, five, and one in our last ten, which is a little worrying. Um, and I think I'm I'm not sure I entirely trust Peter Laviolette's coaching anymore. I'm really questioning some of his decisions. For example, um, that Caps game you went to, Dylan Strom was a healthy scratch. There is no reason on this earth Dylan Strom should be a he- should be a healthy scratch, and Lars Eller should be on the ice. Plain simple. Period. Dylan Strom has been our best center this year, whether in terms of defense and or points or just the way he plays. He's been better than every single center we ha- we've had. So there's absolutely no reason he should have been a healthy scratch. And I think one thing that's holding this team back is the coaching. I think no matter what, I would like to see a new coach. Um, being realistic, I, I don't think we're going to be a cup contender, so... Bruce Boudreaux was recently fired from the Canucks, which I think is a bullcrap situation, and a lot of other people think that as well. I think it'd be cool to see Bruce back because the players love him. He was on the Washington broadcast for a little bit, um, like the local one before he got the Canucks job. So I'd be completely fine with that, and especially if if it's just Ovi going for the record. I know Backstrom loves him. Ovechkin loves him because... Going back way back when, yes, he may not have had the playoff success, but he really was able to transform that team. He put the young players in, and in the 2010s, we have the best regular season record of all the teams, period. If you look at that 
period. Well, we they had, had a lot of record. They had a lot of President's Trophy seasons. We had three President's Trophies, I think, in that whole period. So I would like to see Bruce back because I just think I'm at my wit's end with Laviolette. I just, the talent's there, but I'm not sure the coaching is. Uh, going back to the Flyers real quick. Since those games that they played against the Caps, they have been going back-to-back. After that Caps game, they went to play Boston, lost 6-0, obviously, best team in the league. They are insane right now, uh, 36-5-4. But then they beat the Ducks, lost to the Blackhawks, beat the Red Wings, lost to the Jets, and they play the Kings tomorrow. So they're going back and forth right now. They're kind of stuck in limbo, like I said, but they're 20-20-7, and that puts them at Hockey 500 for the first time since earlier in the season, probably around 15-ish games, 15, 20 games. So they're making progress, which is what you want to see. You're seeing young guys start to play. Kevin Hayes has started to step up. Uh, and it seems like since Kevin Hayes got that healthy scratch situation, because it looks like him and Tortorella have been kind of going back and forth over the season. They haven't really been agreeing. Yeah. But since that healthy scratch, it feels like the team is locked in more. And they're producing more offensively. Noah Cates, a younger guy who was having trouble scoring, he's scored a couple goals since then. And he's been on the score sheet a couple times. Morgan Frost is looking like he's got more skill than ever. Did you see that between the legs, top shelf, right on the goal line? No. He was next to the goalie, and he put it between his legs and top shelfed it over the goalie's shoulder. So, I mean, he's he put, a skill, he put himself in a skillful situation there. Uh, he looks good. So... I mean, overall, the team looks like they're making a good effort. And I would not be mad if they made a slight, just even got into the playoffs, I'd be happy. It was just like the Eagles last year. Like, yes, they may not win a game or win a series, but they are, it's just the the factor it of getting experience. For the next season. It yeah. builds confidence. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts in his first playoff game in the NFL got smoked by Tom Brady. And he comes out and then he smokes the Giants this season. So it's just the fact of having the experience and meshing together in the playoffs, especially when a lot of this team is going to be around for the future. It's a lot of young players. As long as John Tortorella believes that they're useful to the team, which from what I've been seeing, I feel like a lot of these players are going to be able to stick around except for maybe JVR. I'm interested to see what happens with Hayes because he's on a big contract, but it seems like him and Tortorella are butting heads a little bit. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens with him. But Konechny, Hart, Provorov, uh, they got a lot of young pieces that I feel like are going to be here for a while. So just getting that experience and kind of having that that bonding time I think would help them in the long run. Whether they l- lose the series, win a game, win no games, I think it will help them out. Yeah, I said at the beginning of the season that the very top end for this team is a wild card spot, and I think it could do wonders. Um, for this team going into football, um, Joe Gibbs' first year here, they started out crap, but they were able to end the season good. If you, because you guys, if you you started the season kind of bad, if you're able to end the season on a high note, you can build momentum into the next season. For Washington, the next season after Joe Gibbs' first year, we won a Super Bowl. The year after that, we were the best team in the league up until the Super Bowl. Um, so not saying it's going to turn you into a championship team, but it could help you guys build confidence and it could finally propel some of these players that you've been saying, when are they going to take the next step? When are they going to take the next step? It could propel them to actually finally do that. So 
I think that it's it's a reality for the Flyers because if you're looking at the Metro, it's still pretty close. Um, let me. We're only four. Up. We're only four points out of a wild card spot right now. Yeah, and the, if you look at us and the Penguins, we're, we're and the Islanders are on a four game losing streak. Yeah, the Caps were four five and one in our last ten. The Penguins are four four and two. Islanders two five and oh, three. Oh, we're we're actually seven points out of a wild card spot. I thought. For some reason, I was looking at the Islanders as the second wild card spot because I don't have the wild card standings. I just have the standings in general, so I have to look at all. I have to go back that's, and forth. So they're actually seven points out of a wild card spot. That's still not a huge gap. It's it's very possible, and with Tortorella, I think it's he's going to be able to push those players to possibly do that. And Even they still if they don't get in. I think it's a big a big step forward for the it's, team. They also still have the All Star break coming up. Yep. The the turning point for the team so far has been the the Christmas break. They went on that and they came back. And since then, since the Christmas break, they haven't lost back to back games. So, and that was their big identity in the tw- the bubble season. After the All Star break, they came back. They hadn't lost back to back games, or no, it was since January. Early January was the last time they had lost back to back games in that season. They came back. They wouldn't lose back-to-back. The first time they had lost back-to-back games was when they played the Islanders in the second round of the playoffs, which ultimately was their downfall. They lost that series in Game 7. But that's a good identity to have. You know, you bounce back off of losses, which is what they've been doing. So uh, they play the Kings tomorrow, like I said. And I do believe this is going to be – this is a fun team to watch. They're They're getting some young talent that actually looks good. So – I'm interested to see what kind of happens coming up in the future. And one quick thing to catch before we wrap up. Um, Darcy Kemper actually leads the league in shutouts. I don't know if you know that, but he's been having a good year. So is Lindgren for a backup. So I think our goalies have kind of really stepped up where our defense has fallen off and going into our forwards. I think both Mantha and possibly Eller are, this is their last year at the catch because ever since Wilson came back, Mantha has been getting healthy scratches even a little bit before that he's been getting healthy scratches and even wilson being back what three or four games has put more energy into the game than mantha has the entire year um i just think that the team's kind of at the end with them like he's he's still just lacks daysical it always feels like he could be putting in more effort so i will like to see a little bit of a call of those players in the off season not i'm not back to the point where i was saying John Carlson should be traded, but he should be on a hot seat. So that's a few more things for the Caps. Yeah, dude. Since I went to that game, I just don't know what to do with this ugly thing. My goodness. Right now, it's just sitting on my desk collecting dust. Probably the Beautiful. probably the best thing it'll do in its life. But, uh... <laughs> uh... But with that, we are going to close it out there. Uh, If you guys want to check out our podcast weekly on Spotify and Apple, you can also rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, We post big news and signings and trades on our Instagram and TikTok at BLNDC on this side of the screen. And then also, uh, if you guys want to email questions or comments to put in here, BLNDC at gmail.com. And we do weekly predictions coming up on the end of it for the NFL uh, on YouTube. Brotherly Love in the District. So 
with that, we are going to end it off there, and we will see you guys next week. See you later.